Welcome back to Forge. This is a special series of messages that were given at our men's retreat on January 26th through 28th. Here is part three featuring Tony Robbins and Kyle Jewell as the speakers. Oh, goodness gracious. That's not a better lead in. <laughs> better than what we <laughs> had what planned. We, that's way better than what we had planned. If you guys don't know me, my name's Tony. This is my brother Kyle. Can't you see the resemblance? <laughs> <laughs> Separated at birth. By like, what, like 20 years? <sighs> Shut up. Not, not, not quite, not quite. <laughs> this is Kyle. He used to be my friend. <laughs> this is going to be a really awkward next hour because of that, that moment right there. So... Um, before we get started, I just want to, there's a couple things, you know, we've been talking all weekend about what it means to be a man, and Jack last night, and I agree with Roy, nobody ever wants to follow Jack, um, about rejecting passivity, and then Roy talks this morning about accepting responsibility, and it was so good, and we get to talk to you tonight about leading courageously, and I'm pretty excited about it. Because um, Kyle and I have spent countless hours together. And if you guys are in our, our circle group, then you know that you know, our group, we start about 6, and we wrap up somewhere between 11.30 and 2. Yeah, so we got like, we got started late, so it's going to yeah, be Yeah, it's like, going to be a late night. I hope you all are ready. Like 1.30 minimum. Y'all buckle up. Actually, Tony said specifically, we do not have five hours today. So, <laughs> so kind of tonight, which is so cool, what Victor was talking about right before we came up here, kind of if I was to title this message, it would be, what's your name? And so that was, like I said, you couldn't have written a better lead-in to this. Yeah, Jesus did. But we were talking about when Jesus leads, what, when Jesus is our example. And everything that he does, we're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. And so when we just look at what he did, obviously when we're talking about what it means to be a man, Jesus is the man you follow. Amen. He would lead courageously that's right. because that's who he is. And we have talked about this when we were preparing for this, that Sometimes it's really hard to emulate and follow what Jesus does. When we talked about, you know, a couple years ago it was David and last year it was Joshua. I can kind of relate to those. But Jesus was perfect. Mm. And that makes it a little more difficult to be like, I, don't, I can't do that. But the amazing thing is a couple different points we wanted to make. and It's all going to kind of make sense at the end. But one of the things we really want to talk about first is what I love about what Jesus did, and we look at the life of him and what he did throughout the three years of his ministry, he says himself, it's not me. If you give us uh, John chapter 5, come on, Luke. <laughs> Yeah. 
Sounds like that. Bear with us, technical difficulties. So, uh, okay. There we go. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. Mm. And both of us are big fans of a guy named Mike Wells who's gone on to be with the Lord. And one of the things that he would always say, the man who did everything did nothing. Mm. Everything he did, he was just following what the Lord told him to do. He was simply just following. Yeah, and I think, I think that's really a good thing for us to remember because that's something we actually can do. We can't be perfect. Mm. But if you want to lead, you better learn to follow because you're not going to do it on your own. And we talked about this a little bit last year with Joshua. When they're crossing the Jordan River, the, the Scripture says to, the, the ark was to go first, right? And the ark was to, he said, he said stay back from it. It's going to go first. And I love what it says after that. And keep your eyes on it and follow it because you've never been this way before. You can't lead where you've never been. It's really hard to do. You're trying to go somewhere you don't know how to get there? It's almost impossible. Mm. And so we see that in the life of Jesus. His entire ministry, he's just following what God wants him to do. Mm. Everything he does, not me, it was him. I'm just being obedient. Even in the garden, just like Sam yeah, just said, yeah. in the garden, when it came right down to it, look, I don't really want to go through with this. But I'm going to follow you. Mm. And then we see that later on kind of playing. I don't want to let Kyle talk about this, playing out with uh, Paul and Timothy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess really the fascination with Paul and Timothy came from Victor, uh, a message a long time ago. And I'm sure there's been many, but it was, uh, who's your, you need someone ahead of you and behind you. You need, you need a Paul and you need a Timothy. Um, and so it's just like... <clears throat> For me, that kind of was the starting point that like pushed me to find guys that knew more than me, and uh, that's whenever God led me to Tony's group, and um, and it was uh, it's it's fun because I get to say Tony, you're my Paul, and then he gets all the weight of being and the responsibility <laughs> of being uh, a leader and a teacher. But but it's true, and you do need a Paul. And it doesn't matter how well you know Scripture. You need someone. There's someone that knows, knows it better. And you need to try and seek them out and find them. And so the, so, so the question is, who's your Paul? Even Paul says, imitate me. Mm, yeah. As I imitate Christ. Right. Yeah, which goes if, back if to... If you can't what? follow Jesus because it seems too hard, at least follow me as I'm trying to follow him. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I think that's just, it's, and I want, you, I want you guys to be thinking about that throughout the remainder of this, and as, as throughout the weekend as well, is just, if you don't have that person, if you don't have that Paul, who is it? And I want you to make that connection. Mm. I want you to find them and be like, I look up to you, I need you to help lead me. Because that's what leading courageously is. It's not leading in the absence of fear. It's leading in just following what God's wanting to do, and then somebody else is going to go, when they're doing it right, 
I think I want to follow after them mm. and just yes. follow along in that, that journey. It's like the uh, walking in the dust of the master, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So find your Paul. And so, some of you need to be Timothys. <laughs> yeah. You need to find, you got to find your Paul. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then that, that really leads to the, the next part of the message is where we're going to look at how a way, okay, so Jesus is, is perfect. And so I think one of the good ways to look at leading from his life and his, and his ministry is how he led the people next to him. Mm-hmm. Who was his Timothy, right? And, uh, and you have the, the big three is uh, James, John, and Peter. Um, and so we're going to look at how Jesus led Peter. And one of the things Tony said is uh, Peter is like one of the most relatable apostles, probably the most relatable because he is like a, he's like a purebred American. He's rambunctious and, and loud and speaks his mind and does what he wants to do and <laughs> doesn't think about it. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, so first we're going we're gonna to turn to John 1, uh, 35 through 42. So, um, oh, wow, that was fast. I was expecting a few minutes there, so I got to get used to this. So uh, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus, was, Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come here and come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they reminded and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. <clears throat> then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. So the, the, we're like studying this, and the thing that, was, that stood out to me so much is that the first time Jesus meets Simon, he says, you're called Simon now, but you will be Peter. But you are Peter, right? He's, he's telling him immediately what he expects him to be. And, what, and, and Peter has no idea what this means. He's like, oh, I'm a rock? Like, what, what is that, right? Later on, there's explanation. But, but I, I think that the takeaway for us is that there's never, it's never too early to speak into someone's life what you see God doing in them and what you see, who you see God calling them to be. It's never too early. And, and I think that we are so, we're so hesitant to, to speak to our brothers and say, man, I see this in you. And, and we we got to stop that, man. Like, we, we've got to encourage each other in that. That's good. I got to be on the side because it's my where my phone is. <laughs> I, just, I just need my water. You're, you're getting me out of my comfort zone here, man. <laughs> I want to, I Luke, if you pull up the next section of verses. So Jesus got on the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. 
And the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked, that even the winds and the waves obey him? I love this passage when it talks about leadership because these are sailors. This is their job. Their entire job is to keep the boat on top of the water. And it wasn't working. That's right. It wasn't working. Everything they tried wasn't working. I have this feeling that they are doing everything they can not to wake Jesus. They just let him sleep. We got this. Right? How many of us have been there? Jesus, don't worry about it. I got this. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, the boat starts to break. And they go and they wake him up. And we've talked about this several times, you know, in our group. But the Lord rebukes the wind and the waves. He rebukes the storm. Which to me means that the Lord didn't send the storm. Because he rebukes it. So where did the storm come from? And there's a lot of different things. I think part of it is that maybe he's trying to keep him from going to the Decapolis. He's about to go meet the demoniac. And maybe he's trying to keep him from getting there. Mm. Maybe he knows he can't get to Jesus because the temptation's already happened. But I can scare the crap out of these boys. Mm. And so he does. And when he wakes up and he's like, man, what are you worried about? I'm right here. Mm. What are you scared of? Do you think the boat is going to sink with me on it? I'm the son of God. But how often do we do the same thing? Yeah. But what I love about this, what relates to the message tonight, is right after this, they're out on the boat again, and they see Jesus walking on the water. Hallelujah. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. Mm. Now, we, we, we ride Peter pretty hard, but Peter's the only one that got out of the boat. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, was he perfect in that? Did he get scared? <laughs> yeah, but I believe that because he saw Jesus leading in the storm, mm. he's got the, now knows how to walk on water. Mm-hmm. If he wouldn't have been with Jesus on the boat then, he wouldn't have had the courage to get out of the boat later. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I think that we see this, this leading to where it's not, it's not a rebuke. He didn't get up and rebuke the disciples. Mm-mm. He rebuked the storm and just reminds them, I'm here. I'm here. Mm. I don't have anything to add to that. That was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do actually, I think that if you were to ask the disciples, they would say, thank God for the storm. Because um, that's when they saw Jesus for who he was. Yeah. And he, he walks on the water and they say, oh, this is, 
this is the Messiah. I, I believe I could be misquoting, but I, I believe they say this is this is the Messiah. And uh, and so sometimes we are we're upset with God because of the storm, and He's just going. If you'll just look, you'll see me for who I am. That's right. So um, so next we're going to Matthew sixteen fifteen through nineteen. Which is it's really convenient too because if you're at church on Sunday, Tony already read part of this, so <laughs> so you'll this is just a refresh. But uh, he says, then he asked them, "But who do you say I am?" <clears throat> Simon Peter answered, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." <laughs> Jesus replied, "You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because the Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock." And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys, to, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And so we see in this, in this passage, Kyle read it earlier, when he meets Simon, he says, you're Simon, but you're going to be Peter. You're going to be the rock. Mm. And then we see later, after all these things, after he's been walking with him a while, Peter has the revelation given to him by God Mm. that Jesus truly is the Son of God. And he says, blessed are you. You are Peter. He tells him again. But let's not forget... Simon is a red-blooded American male. <laughs> and if we keep reading, uh, Kyle brought this out, and I thought it's so brilliant. So, but keep reading. He sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know the time frame. The scripture doesn't give us exactly if this was five seconds later or... 30 days. I don't know. But we know that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. Now remember, a few verses earlier, you are Peter. You are the rock. I have huge plans for you when I establish the church. I have plans for you. Five verses later, he says, nothing. I was kidding. (laughs) Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan, or get behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. Not from God's. Mm. You are Peter. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am the rock. And I'm not going to let anything happen to you, Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, a little while earlier, he's Simon. Then he becomes Peter and he falls all the way down to Satan. Right? <laughs> I, I, I was thinking like as, as you're reading that, right, he says, I, Jesus says, I'm going to die. And then he also says, but I'll be raised on the third day. And I just picture Peter, he heard die, and then he just stopped listening, right? He's like, 
I, I forgot you're the Messiah. I forgot that you're, you speak nothing but truth. I heard you're going to die. And everything that I care about myself is based on you being here. I'm only Peter. I'm only the rock you can build your church on if you're alive. <laughs> you're going to die. Oh, pfft. that's not happening. I'm going to lose what I was going to get. Right? And that's not Peter. That's, that's not even Simon. That's <laughs> Satan, man. Yeah. And when we look here in, in another situation where Jesus is leading him, the next verse, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you want to lead, Peter, if you want to be Peter, you're going to have to follow mm. You're going to have to deny yourself and start following. It goes back to the same thing Jesus did the whole time. He followed the Lord. He's telling, now you follow me. If if this is where you want to be, follow. Mm. Submit. Surrender. Deny yourself. Follow me. But how many of you know following Jesus isn't always easy? Mm. Sometimes it's really difficult. And it's really hard, like we said, sometimes to be like, well, I'll just be like Jesus. But I want, Kyle, I want you to share some of your testimony in areas where I will say that you were leading courageously. And I want you to share that with, with these men. So uh, some of you know a lot about me, and some of you know very little. Some of you know nothing. But uh, I was raised by really, really good parents. And uh, I was talking to a guy today, and it's, it's important if you are in that situation to remember that and thank God for your blessing. Mm-hmm. And then tell them that. My dad's here, so that's why I'm crying. Ah, anyways, but <clears throat> try as he might, I still screwed up because I'm a human. And uh, found myself really looking back on it, uh, stumbled into addiction with porn. And uh, gosh, God is so good to me. He gave me a beautiful wife anyways, and led me to a group of guys and couples that uh, really just spoke into our lives. And through that group, I don't know, they didn't even know it was happening, but God God was ready to free me. And so I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes really quickly. So we were studying a book, and you, so the way that we did it is we would read the book throughout the week, and we had group Friday night. So we would each read the chapter, and then Friday morning before work, we would discuss it, and then a lot of times we would discuss it on the way to, to group two. But this week was the purity test, and I said, no. You and Amanda. Huh? You and Manda would yes. discuss it. Yes, me and Manda would discuss it, sorry. Um, not the, the group, we would discuss it that night, but me and Manda would discuss it that morning, and then 
and then that, that evening on the way to group. And um, anyways, it was a purity test, so I read it that week, and then I promptly got up extremely early and left for work early because I was not going to talk to my wife about how I was not very pure. And, um, and I guess I skipped this part, but there was two years after we got married that I did not watch any porn in my own strength. And then Jesus said, okay, that's enough. You've, you've tried long enough. I'm not going to hold you up anymore and let me fall. And um, just so that he could eventually set me free. So anyways, uh, I, I left early and then we came home and Amanda texted me, hey, we forgot to talk. And I said, yeah, I lied to her and made up an excuse. And then we're driving <clears throat> to group and she begins to tell me about <clears throat> how she's she saw her own lust issues, which seemed like nothing in my eyes. And men's lust and men's lust are a bit different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, nodding along like I'm listening, thinking, I got to tell you, and um, you're going to leave me. And uh, so anyways, uh, I finally just, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say I, Jesus was not going to let me not. So... I told her, firmly expecting her to say, turn the car around, and she was just so gracious and way better than I ever deserve. And the coolest thing about it is that through her acceptance of me at my worst point, I got to see, it's like if you can love me anyways, then I can understand how Jesus can love me anyways. And anyways, uh, freedom... And for every man that struggles and doesn't have a wife, I'll pray for you. But I don't, I don't know how you do it. Um, if I did not have my wife, I don't know how. And I, I know it's possible because everything's possible from, through Jesus. But he, used, he freed me using my marriage. And so I will talk to you and I'll tell you all the things I do to help me not stumble but I can't lead you where I've not been. Um, so anyways, that was like, honestly, you, you, if you wrote a book of the highlights, that would be one of the big ones. And then, and then the, the people start telling me that I'm going to lead a group. <clears throat> and I said, well, there's a little bit of pride that said, yeah, sure, I can talk. And then most of me said, uh... I'm not worthy. <laughs> I don't know the scripture like that. Um, but many people kept talking, and finally we started a group. And that was terrifying. And it's also the biggest blessing ever. And then we got pregnant, and we had our little boy but it was not so simple. And when I say, I think Peter thanked God for the storm, I'm, I know that he did because I've been there. When your son is not alive and your wife's bleeding out and you, all you can do is say, Jesus, please, And you hear him cry. 
and I didn't realize I was leading. But because of my obedience to pray, everyone in there knows my son is alive because of Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. And you would think it ends there. But then, then he says, um, well, then Victor says, I'm thinking about someone to speak for Forge. And you say, well, that poor sucker, he's only got a few weeks before it happens. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't know. So, so there's a blessing in every time you're, you're, you're pushed. And I didn't know that blessing until about 30 minutes ago. When you, gosh, I got to say this. Okay. I never want to let my dad down. So I've never talked to him or told him about any of my failings. But today, I can let Kyle, that was addicted to porn, die fully. Mm. Because I can see my dad and he's still proud of me. I hate crying. But it's also good, so... Anyways, and I, I think that one thing you guys get to see that's so cool is that because of my obedience through that, God surrounded me with men, <clears throat> and he's going to let me be a part of one of the coolest things that Forge has brought to our lives, and that is telling another man that he's a man. Yeah, we were talking... Um... And I love your testimony because there was this huge thing, and it reminded me of the disciples on the boat and those situations because every one of those situations, you were terrified. You were a scared man that was going to leave you. And because of your obedience and, and being honest and open with her, he bettered your marriage. You knew you were going to fail at being a group leader, and it exploded, and y'all have created the population boom of 2024, <laughs> or 23, I guess, and 24 it's, coming. It's still going. You knew your wife and your son were dead, and he gave it all back <laughs> because of simple Acts of obedience. But there's a... There are times when leadership doesn't look like leadership. Because if you were to say, how does Kyle lead? People go, well, he leads a group. He does this. Don't necessarily talk about the knees on the floor in the hospital. 
And there are times that men of God, you are leading and you have no idea you're doing it. Because whether you are even aware of it, there are people behind you who are watching you. Amen. And they're following you and you don't even know you're leading. I'm going to talk about a, a, a friend of mine for a second. And uh, when, I, when I met him, <laughs> I, I, we've talked about how to word this. Yeah. Um, the truth is the best. The truth is, I thought, okay, I want you guys to understand this before I say this. Age does not make you a man. There are a ton of people walking around in their 30s, 40s, 50 years old who are teenage punk kids. Never grew up. Who never grew up, who do not accept responsibility, who drag people into their cesspool, right? When, this, when I met this guy, I was like, he's a punk kid. Mm. And I got to know him a little bit more. And I can't, I, I, you could see the things. You're thinking, like, man, if he would just do this, if he would just do that, you know, because <laughs> you got everybody's plan figured out. You know, if, it would just, if you just listen to me, you would be, your life would be a whole lot easier. You know, because we've been there. And we... But I kept watching him make these little steps, Mm. these little acts of obedience. And every now and then he would do something and I would be like, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe the Lord's really doing something in this guy. Mm. And I can't say a whole lot more, kind of like Victor said, without giving it away. But Trey... I want you to come up here, please. Hallelujah. Trey, when, I've told this story to you before, and you know this, but our first Circle Sunday, we had the booth set up, and I did the least amount of work possible. That's just kind of how I do things. All right? It's very they were true. like, set up a table. And I set up a table. And they were like, there's nothing on it. And I was like, you set a table. Everybody else is all decked out and decorated. And I got a table. And we had like, at the time, we had like 14 people in the group. Like, I don't want anybody else. We're maxed. I remember these conversations. And you and Zach signed up. I didn't know who you were. And I think you or, or Thano One was working with me at the booth and you walked off and said, they ain't coming. I admitted my fault. I prejudged you. Mm. And then you came. And then you left. I said, he ain't never coming back. <laughs> came back Mm. over and over and over again. Mm. You became one of the most faithful people in the group. And one of the things that I love about, about this tonight is 
I have seen you grow in ways that I don't even know you're aware of. But like Kyle said earlier, it's never too early to call out what you see. Mm. And so when we first met you, I'm going to be really honest with you right now. This is not a judgment because that's not who you are. Mm. You were the guy that couldn't hold down a job. Mm. And I saw you persevere through that. I saw you take responsibility. I saw you become a man and accept the responsibility that I have a family to provide for. And you started leading. And what is amazing to me is, and this is what I don't think you understand. There are men who are, who are like a magnet to you. Mm. That I have tried to lead that Brian has tried to lead, that Victor has tried to lead. And you would crack them. Mm. And I don't even know how. <laughs> Power of the Holy Spirit. I have seen you grow into who you are. And I'm going to be really honest with you again. What is so special about this, because we talked about all weekend, what makes you a man is when other men recognize you as a man. Mm. Right? We were talking just in, amongst our group and different things. and Just the, always the curiosity. Who's going to get knighted this year? I wonder who's up for the deal. And I didn't have anything. I didn't have a name. But you know what all of your guys said? What about Trey? Mm. And I said, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my recommendation. It was the men around you that called it out and said, I see this in Trey. Mm. And we've read a little, we've read a couple verses tonight that I really want to speak into you. And I've said this about you before. What I see in you is an Andrew. Because every time Andrew is mentioned, he's just bringing somebody to Jesus. Mm. Every time he brought Simon, he brought the blows and the fishes. When you see him, he's not even the main character, really. I mean, if you look at it, he's, he is always mentioned as Andrew, Peter's brother. But every time he is mentioned in Scripture, he is bringing someone to Jesus. And you do that in ways you're not even seeing. Mm-hmm. You will do it if anybody needs... They, it's not me. When it's my group, it's my group on Monday nights. My, my house. And if somebody needs a ride, they don't ask me. Nope. It's true. Hey, man, can you come pick me up? When I have a guy who is suffering and has locked himself in a room because he's in one of his depressive states, who goes knocking at their door? Trey. This guy. So, Trey, I want you to kneel. I want to say, Trey, real quick, I think this is huge. Trey, like Tony said, when we met him, he struggled. I think he even joked about how many times jobs he got fired from. And he did it right, and he worked hard, and he got a new job opportunity. And I'll never forget, he came to group, and I said said, man, I was hoping you were going to be able to come with your new job. And he said, well, 
they had to let me off on Mondays or Wednesday, Mondays and Wednesdays or I wasn't going to take it. And he knew it was important for, his, for himself as a man to be surrounded by men on Mondays and important for his, his marriage to be surrounded by godly marriages on Wednesdays. And if you don't see accepting responsibility, rejecting passively and leading courageously in that, then you're not looking hard enough. And then the last thing before we pray over you. You came to me, what, three months ago, four months ago, and said, I think I'm going to start a group. Mm. <laughs> and it was your own idea. It wasn't the conventional. It was his own unique perspective on, on an issue. And I just thought, who is this guy? The and growth he's... I have seen in you in the last three to four years oh. is, is just a God thing. Trey, it's part of the reason I am here. Enough said. So I say to you, Trey, you are a man. You have been called by him to walk after him and to follow him. And I want you, the old Trey, the old Trey four years ago, Five years ago, he's not here anymore. <laughs> but Andrew, I want you to stand up. Mm. So proud of you, dude. Now, like I said, Kyle and I, we're going to 11, so y'all just go ahead and get comfortable. Oh, yeah, you don't yet. think we're done, right? <laughs> we still got like four more hours, right? Yeah. We're just getting started. <laughs> that was your intermission. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's working. Okay. So, uh, Tony said at the beginning, some of you need to be a Timothy. Some of you men that are further down the road need to seek out being a Paul. Because moments like this only happen when you're leading and you're being a Paul. And trust me, you want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back, and this is kind of the heart of, of what we're sharing tonight, and, and this is some good stuff, and I'm going to try not to, to dominate the, the conversation here, because I, I can tend to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but, I've been trying to get a word in, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> we talked about how Jesus at the very beginning says, you're Simon, but you're going to be Peter. 
And then he calls him later and says, you are Peter. And then he says, get behind me, Satan. Follow me. <laughs> and if you look at the Gospels, I, I love this. This is so good. How Jesus addresses Simon Peter is dependent upon his actions. Mm. When Simon is being Simon, he calls him Simon. Mm. And so we see throughout the remaining text, even after he had, Jesus had told him twice, you are Peter. You are the rock. He just kept being Simon. Mm. At the Last Supper, it's his job to wash feet. And he doesn't Not do me. it. He's the last one at the table. It's his job, but he's above that. He's too busy being Simon to start to be Peter. Mm. In the garden, Simon, and I had this feeling, and we talked about this, that every time Jesus said Simon, he was like, dang it, I'm doing it again. Simon, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. Mm. But I'm praying for you. Pray with me. Simon, couldn't you pray for an hour? Right. Mm. Couldn't you stay awake? Mm. And then we see the denial, of course. I don't know. Mm. After he just swore, never. I'll never do it. I tell you, you're going to do it. And then we even see when, when the guards come, who's the one that jumps into action? It's Peter. And I, this is something, I know this is just a little nugget I'm going to throw in there. This was so good, and I wish I could take credit for it, but I, I can't. Peter chops off the guard's ear, and Jesus heals him, Right? Kind of weird, kind of a strange passage. Why does Jesus do that? And I heard a guy say, this was so good. It was a capital offense to attack a Roman guard. They would have executed Peter. But Jesus took away every ounce of evidence against him. Mm. By healing him, what argument can you possibly make at that point? He chopped my ear off. <laughs> and Peter, when he denies, at the, when he heard the rooster crow, he weeps bitterly and runs away. And he becomes Simon full time. I think, I think just thinking back to the point I made earlier of he didn't hear the resurrection part. I don't think that's the case here. I don't, I don't even think that he's thinking about that. But I, I get this image of a man who's so broken by what he's done mm -hmm. that he's like, even if he does come back, he won't accept me. Mm -hmm. All I have now is fishing. Mm -hmm. All I have now is Simon. Peter's not an option. And uh, 
I think that some of us are in that spot. And so that's why this end of this is so important. So if we'll go to the last, last little bit of Scripture in John there. So uh, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, ah, that hurt. Son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked it the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And feed my sheep. Tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know about what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Follow me. So, I love this because he says, Hey, Simon, do you love me? He says, Yes, I love you. And, and the scripture says, feed, feed my sheep. And I think another way to say this is, Then be Peter. <laughs> I called you to do this. I called you to feed the sheep. I called you to be part and a pivotal part of the church. Mm. I called you to be the rock. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Then be Peter. Quit being Simon. Do you love me? Yes. Then be Peter. Over and over again. And then he says, follow me. Just follow me. Mm. But here's the deal. He's still freaking Simon. <laughs> Because the next verses, and I don't think we have them, and that's okay, but the next verses, he talks about, he just says, you're going to die, right? Mm. He tells him, this is, you're going to go where you don't want to go. He, this is so he could, you know, John says, so that what kind of death he would glorify God. And Simon turns around and goes, what about John? Mm. And he says, you don't worry about John. Follow me. Mm. Follow me. That's what leadership that Jesus exemplified was simply leading by following. That's right. I, this is kind of a... All right, so if you know me well enough, I, I do a lot of rabbit trails. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think this is for somebody, okay? So I was, uh, was worshiping and just on my knees and... My brother always says this, and I love my brother, and I'm not indicting him at all, but uh, he, he would always say, talking about the world, and he's like, I'm gonna, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And I feel like this is for someone, I don't know, but if you don't learn to live on your knees, then you're not going to live. Like you've got to learn to live on your knees and worship Jesus So there's the, there's the rabbit trail, and now we can go back to the <laughs> message. 
one of the, the, one of the things I really want to carry out, because when we hit this, it was just like this mm. boom thing. Because, like I said earlier, all throughout the Gospels, you see him kind of going back and forth, how Jesus relates to him. But any time, for the most part, when you read the Gospels, from the ones who were there, Matthew, Mark, John, when we read those Gospels, the ones who walked with Peter, the ones who were there every day, when they refer to him, even when Jesus calls him Simon, it will say, then he looked to Peter. Mm. Because they saw the Peter of Pentecost. Mm. They saw the Peter that was restored. They saw the Peter who launched the church. They saw him at Pentecost when 5,000 people got saved. They know that Peter. They know that on the shoreline when he was saying, Simon, do you love me? Simon died that day. Mm. And Peter was born and never looked back. And even when he writes his letters, I am Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Mm. And the men who knew him, who saw him screw up, who saw him deny, who saw him do all the rambunctious, stupid things that he did when they wrote about him, that is the rock. Mm. It's believed that John, when he wrote his gospel, it's the last book chronologically in the scripture that Peter had already died. And I guarantee you that he heard the story. Because when they got him and they were going to kill him, him and his wife, they were going to crucify him. But see, Simon was dead. And Peter said, I'm not even worried to die like he did. Mm. So they crucify him upside down. And as he hung on the cross upside down, he cries out to his wife, remember Christ. Mm. Remember Christ. Some of you have spent way too long being Simon. Mm. God has a new name for you. When the men of God look back, when you make that turn and you start moving in the direction of leading courageously, look back they don't remember they got to tell it to be historically accurate but that's my friend Peter mm. thanks again for checking out this special forge series 
For more encouraging content, check out our regular sermon podcast right here every Sunday. 